0: I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. It's through on Rails podcast, February 2009, show number 94. A couple of years ago, I see received an email from someone who said, "Hey, I think I'm going to start some free weekly Rails screencasts." Well, next week marks two years of Rails casts with Ryan Bates, where he has performed a feat worthy of Joe DiMaggio, releasing short free screencasts basically every Monday, sometimes a couple of them. And today on the Rails podcast, you'll hear from Ryan himself. So this man needs no introduction. It's Ryan Bates of Railscasts and the new Rails activism team. Now, I wanted to start asking you uh, a little personal information, since usually we just see technical information from you. You have an interesting day job. Tell us about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, my my dad started a company back in 1989 uh, called Artbeats, and he, they sell royalty-free stock footage, which is basically just video clips. Um, and I basically grew up with the company and started working on the website around 1998 probably. And uh, I created the first website in this little-known language called WebDNA, and then moved, ported that over to PHP a couple years later. And then that, as the the website grew, it became such a tangled mess of code. The model logic was mixed in with the view logic. And you know how the average PHP website is. And so I looked for a better solution, and and that's where I found Rails and ported the site over to that. And um, so that's what I work on for my day job most of the time.
0: I want to get back to the technical aspects in a moment, but uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting, of course, a whole range of stock footage from slow motion to time lapse to flying over New York City to nature or whatever. But I thought it was interesting. There's a whole uh, series of explosions that you can then put over existing footage and and have this amazing explosion. You said some of that was even filmed on your property. How did that happen?
1: Right, my dad owns this uh 30-acre land out in southern Oregon and uh we filmed several explosions and fire effects in our property. It was quite fun.
0: Amazing. And that you know, it's all uh masked off so that you can just layer that over as is another layer and it looks like it's happening in the in the rest of the movie.
1: Right, there's this there's this uh, way you can film explosions so it looks like it's in a zero gravity effect if you film underneath the explosion because of the way the gravity falls and so uh, yeah it's all black background so you can mask it off into and apply it to any other things our explosions have been used in uh, for the for example the movie Armageddon used one of our explosions. Wow,
0: yeah, that that fits because they're pretty. Uh impressive all the way from just a, a clean explosion to a very dirty explosion with debris flying everywhere and all all the way in between
1: right it was actually my uncle who made several of the the explosions himself and himself and built uh, built them so you said the site
0: runs on Rails. It's great to have Twitter because it's a nice uh, summary of of what a person's been thinking about in the last couple of months. And <laughs> on there, you said that initially Rails, you uh, you hated Rails initially when you tried it. You thought it was too opinionated. Uh, what what changed your mind, or or what made you want to come back to it?
1: Right. Um, yeah. When I first tried tried Rails, I thought it was like you said, too opinionated. I didn't like. For example, even just the simple directory structure they made you work into, and um, uh, I didn't care for how the the templates were handled at first. And I, I'm actually very skeptical about new technologies, and and um, I have a trouble changing and adjusting to them. But as I worked with it more and more, I realized, you know, this is actually a very efficient workflow. And once I sort of drank the Kool Aid and accepted the, the the Rails way of doing it, I realized it was actually much better than than anything I could come up with. So it was um, probably just after a couple months of working with it, I realized this is definitely a much better improved workflow than what I had going on.
0: And that's quite a uh, quite an involved site now. People can browse video clips. They can add them to a cart. They can, uh, of course, pay for them. They can download them. Is is all of that running in Rails then now?
1: Right, yeah. That's about 80 models total, Um probably 14,000 lines of code. It's it's a pretty decent-sized site. And
0: are you the only developer on that, or do you work with uh, or manage a team?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the only developer, the Rails developer. There are um, other people who work on the, the front end and the, uh, the actual graphical design, and some that work on managing the database and importing products into that. But um, I'm the only Rails developer on site, yeah.
0: And it sounds like, recent, at least recently, you were uh, working with Mac OS X server. Is that what you're running for servers, or uh, do you run it more of like a Linux system for, for the actual Rails site?
1: For, yeah, the actual, the actual Rails site is run on Mac OS X server because we have basically a Mac shop inside in our office. And um, there we have a, just a server running OS 10 server on there. And one is running the Rails application, and we have another one re- running MySQL but i've also done several rails applications which um, are using ubuntu on uh slice Host or uh, rails machine
0: well that's great to know i mean i'm sure there are tens of sites being run on macos 10 but uh being the the fact that one does development on that and then deploying straight to it must make it nice
1: yeah i'm i honestly enjoy deploying more to a linux platform than os 10 server but um it works, you know, it took a little bit of fiddling to get it all working out, but it it works well.
0: Now, hobbies. You said you bowl a 250. That's pretty good. At least whenever I go bowling, I try to get get at least my weight and uh I can barely get over uh 200. You you must bowl quite a bit in order to uh be able to do that well.
1: Yeah, I'm on a league uh Tuesday nights. So I just I uh, just finished it last night actually, and I got a 257, I think it was. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy bowling, and I got a, I think I, my average is about 202 on that league. Um, so yeah, I enjoy that a lot. Another hobby is I, I enjoy playing piano and uh, acoustic guitar as well.
0: I like how you know bowling is definitely a very physical thing. You're throwing this so uh, ten or twelve pound ball down, and yet it seems very scientific in a way to where you're trying to re look at the situation, recreate certain steps, or or aim at certain spots, uh, or I don't know. Maybe maybe once a person does a lot of bowling, it's more natural, and you just look at the pin.
1: Now there are definitely marks that you look at on the on the lane, and it's actually a very mental game once you get past the uh, the physical action, you really don't think about how the steps you're taking are and how you're swinging the ball as much as preparing yourself mentally to uh, uh, visualize how you're going to make the approach and uh, swing the ball. And it's, it's uh, quite a mental challenge at times, but there's, um, it, it's definitely a fun game.
0: And the piano, too. They had, uh, I think the last RailsConf, a bunch of people brought their instruments and played, but a little bit difficult to bring a piano. <laughs>
1: Right, right. I'm I'm sort of uh, new at the piano in a, in a sense. I'm mostly working on reading music, uh, sheet music, but um, I'm really enjoying that as well.
0: Technically, the Rails activism team—that's uh, only about a month or two old. What's happening on that front? It seems like a, a couple visual things have already happened with a new design for Rails guides and a new wiki and that kind of thing. What what else is going on?
1: Yeah, it's um, the wiki was the the primary. Uh, project there recently, and we were also working on... Um, well, I'm, m- one of my side projects that I want to work on with the the activism team is a screencast aggregator on the official Rails uh, site, where uh, one place to go where you can find all the screencasts about Ruby on Rails, uh, including RailsCast, your peep codes, um, if you want to put them on there, you know, the Pragmatic Screencasts, pretty much any kind of screencast you can find on Rails, the NVcasts, uh, and just a one-stop shop kind of for that kind of stuff. And that way it's kind of an aggregator. You, any Rails developer can go there and kind of explore other screencasts and find them out.
0: That seems like it would be really useful. I mean, one of the things I appreciated early on about Rails was that a number of people were doing short little screencasts. And yet it seems to have dropped off something that like that that would encourage people to at least try screencasting and use that... Together with their existing text, text blog, or, or as a new thing, seems like it would be, be a good idea.
1: Yeah, I really hope it would encourage more people to get into screencasting because I think it's a great way to to show off some things and how they work and to teach as well. And uh, so, you know, like you said, if if it's a one person just doing a screencast here and there, it's hard to know about them and get publicity. But if there is a screencast aggregator, hopefully they would get more users coming to the site and and viewing, viewing the screencasts
0: now the rails activism team is that and att- a lot of the things i saw in their white papers uh you know promotion seemed very mainstream or corporate is is this kind of a reflection that rails has reached quite a level of popularity and and now is being promoted in larger businesses that would be interested in that kind of thing or is it an attempt to get there or, or is it more complex than that
1: um, I think it is a certain rails has grown to a certain size where I think um, the focus that the activism team takes is uh, sort of a necessary um, approach now, but it's also more just a way to get more in touch with the community and help improve the community in ways that uh, that they need they need help on for example, the wiki for you know uh, we saw that sort of a need there, and so we're trying to organize and gather resources and those kind of areas and other areas of documentation like screencasting and um, just improving the community in general and and trying to find the resources and coordinate with them uh, to help that out.
0: It's interesting that uh, if you look at other open, other open source projects, definitely you've got things like the Apache Foundation that has heavy funding and even places like Microsoft fund that. And then you have... The Django project, which has a nonprofit, and they've actually hired full-time developers, maybe well, at least one, to work on Django. Do you think that's something that Rails should go for, or is, is it more of the nature of, of business that's already doing Rails that we don't really need to try to hire people full-time just to work on the framework?
1: Yeah, I think um, DHH or David actually talked about this before a little bit and how he, he enjoys keeping Rails as more of a side project rather than necessarily having someone work full-time on it. And I'm, and I'm kind of with him on that. I, I do think that it's important to um, sort of keep the Rails development as an extraction of uh, existing applications rather than just focusing full-time on Rails itself. And that way, you ensure that everything you're adding is is a necessary step, and the f- functionality that you're adding is uh, truly useful in in real world applications.
0: Back to uh, Rails casts, you're almost up at 150 screencasts. Uh, I don't think it, uh, two years, almost two years, coming up.
1: Yeah, it's actually uh, March fourth, two thousand seven, was the first episode. So yeah, it'll be two years and. In a couple weeks,
0: what do you think is the most interesting topic that you have screencasted about or, or learned about?
1: Um, yeah, I'm always into whatever I'm doing right now. Right now, I'm doing a series on uh, the new additions in Rails 2.3, and it, I really enjoy doing it because it gives me kind of an excuse to to research the topics more than I normally would. And uh, previously, I did a series on PayPal and integrating Active Merchant in that as well. And again, I haven't researched the topic fully, but Focusing on episodes on that topic kind of required me to do more research than I normally would, and it was very fun to uh, to look into those other topics and uh, learn more about them as I taught other Rails developers as well.
0: How long does it usually take you? I know sometimes just writing a blog article can can be half a day. Doing you know in doing video, I, I know it can take even more time. How how much time do you find you have to to spend?
1: Um, I say the average is maybe five or six hours. Uh, it usually ends up doing on. I usually end up doing it on the weekend. Um, so, if I, it depends on how well I know the topic and have researched it in the past. But if I don't know the topic very well, then I take a couple hours just to research it and lay out the steps of how I'm going to do the screencast. And then it takes you know a few hours to do the recording and editing and uploading.
0: Again, on Twitter, you observed uh, beginners can teach beginners better than experts can teach beginners. It seems like you're uh, definitely getting into the expert category now. How do you keep your mind still fresh to where you can teach things uh, that will still be relevant to beginners?
1: That's a good question. It's actually one of the challenging <laughs> parts of teaching, I find, is um, trying to look at things from a beginner's perspective because as i've grown with it and and um for example i recently did the pragmatic screencasts and those were almost more difficult because they're a little bit more beginner oriented as far as focusing on the basics of active record for example and those were um actually more challenging for me than the more technical screencasts on RailsCast because i had to think like a beginner would and um and well while I was just learning Rails one of the things I did was focus a lot on uh the Rails forum and and I was a beginner back then and I still I think I was able to relate to a lot of the the beginner questions more on that forum and teach beginners more through that um now with Railscast I've been doing some more advanced episodes particularly because I've I find that fits, fits my um teaching st- teaching style better um, as i've grown with rails as well
0: one thing you've talked about frequently and is in one of your pragmatic series is more complex forms that's going to be part of rails 2.3 was that did you actually write some of the code that's going into rails 2.3 or uh what do you think about the the new functionality that will make it easier to have multiple models work together in forms
1: um, I didn't actually write the code, but I, I did give some input here and there as far as the functionality was. And um, I think it'll be very good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having this built in because it's always been sort of a, a convoluted hack to get around these kind of issues and handling multiple models in a single form. And I hope to do a Railscast episode on the topic as well as a full Pragmatic Screencast episode um, that goes more into detail and into depth on the topic. So I really look forward to having that in the official Rails 2.3 release, whenever that is.
0: So, uh, almost finally, what what advice would you give for someone who wants to start a screencasting blog? Obviously, that, that something that you're interested in, you want to put together an aggregator. What other things should people be thinking about if they're going to take an existing blog, start to do screencasting, or, or start out from scratch?
1: Well, I think... Um, Teach about whatever topics are really interest you're really interested in, um, I think a great thing to to see is just your workflow of how you program in Ruby on Rails uh, how you how your editor is set up and what key commands you use to do different things. I would love to see more screencasts on using uh, Vim and Emacs because I think you know those are kind of upcoming editors in the rails world, and uh, just to see how people's workflow is with that. And uh, that's a great thing to just start off with because you're already familiar with that. And then you could branch off into more other teaching topics and areas of Rails that you feel comfortable with.
0: That's a great suggestion. I was at a local Seattle user group and someone was giving a presentation and they went to launch an application and they weren't using Quicksilver or LaunchBar or any little shortcut like that, and I thought, wait a minute! I thought everybody did that. So showing your little tips, helping other people learn about faster, better, easier way to do ways to do things, seems really useful.
1: Right? There's amazing variety, in and developers, especially like in the Rails community, there's people doing you know their workflow is so different from one another. So it's I'm really looking forward to seeing more screencasts about uh, how one developer works compared to how I work or another developer works.
0: Well thanks for the conversation. Uh brief to the point. You you got a couple of pragmatic series out at pragmatic.tv, everyday active record, mastering Rails Forms. It sounds like you got a couple others coming up as well.
1: Yeah, I, I I plan to do a few more episodes in the Mastering Rails Forms series once I find the time. I've been a little bit busy lately with different things, so that's good.
0: Well, thanks, Ryan, and uh, should we expect to see you at RailsConf in uh, Las Vegas coming up?
1: Yeah, I'll be there, and uh, feel free to say hi if you see me. I'll have the Railscast jacket on, so if you see that, uh, just stop stop by and say hi.
0: Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you.